0: Good morning and welcome to Alger Assembly of God once again. It is Father's Day, and we've talked about this as Superhero Sunday, just something where we can have a, a little bit of fun. We're kind of tying in our fathers and our superheroes. And you know, when it comes to superheroes, as we saw many different individuals, some of the boys and girls and some of the adults wearing some superhero shirts, on the count of three, I want you to yell out your favorite superhero. One, two, three. Uh Superman, Spider-Man, Batman, Iron Man, Hulk, uh, Avengers movies with a, a lot of these kinds of people are on there, Superman movies and Spider-Man movies, uh, the, the cartoon movie, uh, The Incredibles uh, came out by Disney. So there's lots of different kinds of superhero television shows and movies. And it seems like everybody kind of enjoys them, whether it's uh, the outfits, whether it's some of the gear that they have, whether it's some of the superpowers. Um, On the count of three, I want you to yell out what superpower you would want if you could be a superhero, all right? Maybe that's to fly, maybe that's super strength, uh, maybe it's one of those uh, cool outfits, you know, with the the, the cape, maybe you'd want to, to put one of these on. I was, I was given one of these. This is kind of the inspiration for uh, our day's activities. Trish and Angie, it's coming out. So whether it's the, the cape, whether it's the mask, what is it you know, that would allow you to have a superpower? So on the count of three, come out and, and shout out your favorite superpower, what you would wish you could have if you could. One, two, three. What was that? Yeah. So, all kinds of special skills and all kinds of special talents. And for some people, oh, they, they would want a cape like this to be able to fly, right? Some uh, maybe want the X ray vision. Some people want, I mean, just all kinds of stuff where you would say, Here is the superpower that I would love to have. So when we we talk about superheroes, we're looking at this morning how to be a hero, but not necessarily like an Iron Man or a Thor or one of these other uh, movie creations, but how can we, how can you and I, whether we are fathers or not, it's something I think would apply to all of us, how can we be a hero Even without a cape, even without a mask, even without some kind of special skills or tool belt or special flying ability. So the balance of our time as we work through, we're going to spell out that word hero, H-E-R-O, and just look at a few biblical principles this morning on how we can be a hero even without a cape. So yes, it certainly is something that we're going to challenge and encourage our fathers and our grandfathers with, but that doesn't mean everybody else just sits and not listens because it's principles from God's Word that I think would apply to all of us. So letter H, how can we be a hero even without a cape? Help others know the master. The master, the leader. There's always a mastermind when it comes to these superheroes or getting together. There's there's some kind of leader, some kind of master. And Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4 says, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. He is our leader, He is our master. We are to, well, First of all, we've got to make sure that we have our life right with God. Before we bring anybody else to know about the master, before we help anybody else to know who he is, we've got to make sure our life is grounded in God first. So we've got to know God and help others to know him. The message, the message version it puts it like this. Fathers, don't exasperate your children by coming down hard on them. Take them by the hand and lead them in the way of the master. It's not just enough to to kind of point the way. It says, take them by the hand and lead them, guide them, walk them in the way of the master. There's so many things that we know about. We can be dangerous whether we're fathers or not. We know enough about things where we say, I can tell you how to do it. doesn't necessarily mean I'm doing it myself, but I'll tell you how to do it. What Paul's writing here is we've got to know God, but then we've then got to help others and guide them, take them by the hand, and help lead them to know God. Certainly in our homes is a great place for parents and for grandparents to help. In the community, even in our our workplaces, there's people that we can guide and point and direct to Christ. Now, sometimes the the popular thing when talking about guys and, and sometimes dads is sometimes we get lost. We just don't admit it. And maybe we, you know, we, we don't need maps, don't need a GPS, I, I know where I'm going. Anybody ever been in a car like that? <laughs> With a driver like that? Now, it's not that big of a deal if you're talking five minutes, ten minutes, even an hour, if you're going out of the way, and, and uh, because this was the shortcut, right? The shortcut. It's not that big of a deal when we're kind of spending a little bit of time What really is important, though, is that this mistake doesn't cost eternity. To make sure that we know the Master, we know Jesus in our life, and that we're pointing and helping and leading other people in that way the way of the Master, the way of the leader. We don't have to wear a cape to surrender our life to Jesus. We don't have to put a mask on to to be a hero and, and surrender, submit to Jesus, and help lead other people to know Him. But we certainly, in our homes, in our family, in our communities, we can be a spiritual hero to know God and lead other people to know Him. Secondly, letter E. How can we be a hero even without the cape we must equip ourselves with the right armor. Equip ourselves with the right armor. Iron Man, the, uh, the, the red-faced kind of guy, he's got quite an incredible suit of armor. In fact, there's a, a lot of different ones that have armor or weapons or tools. And sometimes we look at superheroes and we think, I don't have that. I don't have the the Spider-Man web thing. I don't have the the Superman cape. I don't have the the Batman tool belt or the the cool Batmobile. We start thinking about all the things we don't have, but what we're really needing to look at is the the right pieces of equipment and the right armor, and we're in Ephesians chapter 6. Let's continue a little bit. A little later in the chapter, verse 11, Paul writes this. Put on the full armor of God. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. He's saying we've got to be fully equipped. In in our armor, we don't just pick and choose. I think I'll put this on, but I think I'll wait for this. We've got to be fully equipped fully armed with what God is preparing for us. Verse 12, he says, Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and authorities and powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. In other words, he says, Understand who you're fighting against. Recognize the right enemy. Sometimes we get things confused and conflated. It's Individual against individual, what Paul's writing, he's saying we're in a spiritual battle. There's an enemy of our souls that's trying to get us away from God. That's the enemy here. So what does he say? Verse 13, again, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything to stand. Stand firm then, and then he begins listing some of these equipment, some of these pieces of armor. Now, Paul, writing in his day, was looking, no doubt, at a Roman soldier and some of the pieces of equipment he might wear. We might look at football players and some of the pieces of equipment that they wear, many people looking up to sports heroes. Today on a Superhero Sunday, we see many superheroes that have pieces of equipment or armor or tools, But Paul's writing, here are certain things we need to have as a part of our life. Verse 14, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Isn't that an interesting place to start? We're going to talk about superhero armor, everybody. Get ready and put a belt on. Yet as as Paul's writing, he's writing about some of these Roman soldiers in in, uh, Bible days, Jesus' time. Uh, They wouldn't necessarily have the the kinds of clothing that we wear today. They're more than likely wearing tunics, long-flowing tunics. So they would need a belt that they could kind of tuck the lower portion of their tunic into to be ready and prepared for the fight and for the battle. Many times people and scholars would say these belts could be up to six inches wide, probably leather, nice and strong that would hold everything in place and kind of the foundation for everything else that this soldier would be wearing. That belt is the foundation. But Paul writes, have the belt of truth. Everything starts with truth, but it starts with God's truth. Today's day and age and culture, what we tend to hear is, well, that's, that's good for you. That's true for you, but, but this is true for me. No. There's God's truth, and then there's opinion. We don't live our lives based on what we think or what we feel on any particular day. We base it on the Word of God, That is the foundation. We start with the belt of truth. If your belt is not in place, everything else is going to fall down. The other pieces of equipment that you're going to try to hold and have and wear. So he's saying, start with the belt of truth. Our life as a father, our life as an individual must be founded not on feelings or opinion, but on truth, the word of God. Then he says, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, the breastplate, what protects our main chunk, the main part of our body. Behind our chest, there's some, some pretty vital organs. There's a beating heart in there. Got to protect that. Oh, then there's the stomach in there. We have got to protect that, right, Leonard? <laughs> yes. Got to keep that protected. Heart and stomach and lungs and intestines and kidneys and, I mean, all kinds of organs. Sometimes we're not even sure what they do. We just know we need to keep them inside. This, this breastplate, it's a protection on all those things that are inside. He says it's the breastplate of righteousness, right living in the sight of God, righteousness. The enemy Satan's going to try to prevent you and I from living right, from living righteously, from obeying God. So we start with this this belt, this foundation of truth, make sure that that he's what we're basing our life upon, and then do our best to live right. That's going to be protecting all of us. He continues then, verse 15, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Shoes that Roman soldiers might wear were thick and, and reinforced, maybe with even some, some nails or studs in them. They, they probably, well, we know they didn't have the, the Nikes and the boots and, and the other things that we have today for incredible strength and stability and traction. So they would try to have some of these, these shoes with some, uh, some spikes or studs, perhaps, to try to give some stability, some footing to help quickness of of movement in their war. How we stand is going to determine how we would fight, how we would enter the battle. He's saying, have your feet fitted with the gospel of peace. We can stand upon God's peace, comfort and peace, even in times of heartache or trial or difficulty. So, We start with his truth. We live right. We stand upon his peace. He says, verse 16, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Now, one of the superheroes, in fact, the the one that we were pinning the A's on was Captain America. He's got the the star, red, white, and blue, the star on his shield, and it's kind of a, a fancy shield. The shield that Paul writes about is the shield of faith. Roman shields might be more rectangular instead of circular, probably constructed of wood, edged with iron, covered with some metal or leather. The metal would be able to deflect the arrows that were shot. And then the leather would be treated. It would hope to extinguish any flaming arrows that would be shot. Now, Oftentimes they would have these rectangular shields. We think of the circular ones. They might have a rectangular one so they could partner up with other individuals and and have almost this, this movable wall together. Shield of faith. Trusting God, trusting His Word completely and unconditionally, standing firm upon Him. Verse 17, he says, Take the helmet of salvation. Captain America and many others have some form of helmet, and, well, you know, it protects our heads. Roman helmet was probably made of, again, metal or leather with some metal reinforcements. But he encourages us, we must take this helmet of salvation. We don't go and and take somebody else's helmet and just kind of borrow it and put it on. We've got to have our own helmet in place. We must choose we must decide, we must determine to surrender our hearts to God in salvation. We, we can't live our, our life underneath somebody else to say, well, mom was a Christian, dad was a Christian, grandma was a Christian, grandpa was a Christian, so I guess I'm good. If that's the case, you've probably been given a great grounding, you've probably heard God's word. But each and every one of us, we have a personal Choice, a personal decision. And so when he says put on the helmet of salvation, he's saying it's your choice. You determine to place that on. You determine to have the shield of faith. You determine to wear all of this gear, but salvation, you determine to make sure that you have surrendered to God. We've got that privilege and that opportunity, so let us be grounded for the battle. And then finally, he says, take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Every other piece was a defensive piece. Helmet protects, the breastplate protects, the feet protecting, belt is kind of foundational. All of these things were protecting except the one offensive weapon, the sword. We don't need two or three or four or five offensive weapons when we have God's word. There's power in the Word of God. Hebrews says it's living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, and it pierces to the dividing of soul and spirit and joints and marrow. Roman soldiers, they would would practice many, many times and, and lengthy times during the day with their sword to be good and to be skilled with it. Why? Because their life would depend on how they used the sword. If you can't handle a sword well in some person-to-person combat, you're probably not going to make it. In much the same way, we've got to be skilled being able to use and utilize and be into God's Word because our very life, our spiritual lives, depends on knowing what God has said and following what God has said in His Word. Read it. Study it, learn it, memorize it, share it, obey it. But make sure that we don't show up empty-handed to the battle. We've got to have all of these pieces of equipment. It wouldn't do any good to have everything but the helmet of salvation and not have chosen and not have made sure that our life is right with God. It wouldn't be very useful to have all of these defensive weapons but leave the Word of God home and not read and not study and not learn and not grow and not obey. Uh, We can kind of defensively protect ourselves, but we don't have the offensive weapon, the utilization of God's Word. He says, make sure that you are fully armed. Make sure that you are fully prepared. So the E shares with us, make sure that we are fully equipped with the right armor, God's armor. Here's the R. How can we be a hero even without a cape? Recognize our true power source. Referenced in the video and encouraged by our opening video, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, as we stay there for just a little bit longer. Right before this description of the full armor of God, Paul writes, finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. We can often focus on us. We focus on our skills and our strength. We look around, we've got all varying degrees of strength, right? You notice we didn't have an arm wrestling contest for Father's Day. I mean, take a look around, there's probably a handful of people you're you're glad you wouldn't be competing against. I am not the buff and tough and strong physically pastor. Now, for whatever reason, and this will probably floor you, and for whatever reason, I can't remember why, but when I was in high school, I asked for a weight set. It's okay to laugh, I'm kind of laughing now too, I don't know why. Uh, For birthday or Christmas, I got some kind of, you know, little weight set, the the barbell with weights and the the dumbbells, two sets of dumbbells, and then weights that you could, you know, put on either one of them. They would be interchangeable. I don't know that I ever used it, but I got it. Went to Bible college, and I didn't take them with me. I think they were at home. I came to Galleon, the first place of ministry. They went downstairs to the basement of the apartment. Don't know that I ever used them. We got married. We, We got our own home. Weight set went down in the basement. Don't think I ever used it. Came to Lima, bought a tri-level house. The weight set went in the basement level of the tri-level. Don't think I ever used it. Came here to Alger and, and bought a home. It was in the garage and then eventually made its way into the sunroom. And I, I remember using them maybe once, on the high side twice. In the last couple years or so, we put them out for garage sale or sold them on Facebook or something. So I am not the rough, tough, physical specimen of strength. I know some of you are. Some of you are. But sometimes we go based on strength, or we go based on skill, or we go based on experience, or we go based on connections, and we have all these different things that we think are so important. Certainly, strength is is one of those. The... Incredible Hulk is one, you know, he he gets mad and oh and he 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 gets strong and he can bust everything and we say I don't have that strength in me. I, I feel kind of weak, I feel this, I feel that. It's not our own strength that we are to live and move and operate in. Paul writes, and he says, to be strong in what? And in who? It's in the Lord. It's in his mighty power. So he didn't say, be strong in and of yourself, be strong in your IQ, be strong in your wealth, be strong in your connections. He said to be strong in the Lord. See, here's the thing. No matter how strong we think we are, we're weak. Now, you've seen some big, rough, tough, strong guys. Not me, but you've seen others. In fact, just this last week, I saw on the news... Three WWE wrestlers. Now, that's the fake wrestling. That's the entertainment wrestling. But they're still big, strong, rough, tough, muscular guys. And I saw this video. They were at a zoo, and all three of them were pulling with all their might on this massive rope. And as the video looked like maybe a video a camera or maybe just a cell phone, as it panned across, you saw all three pulling with all their might and this rope went through this holder and then the rope went through this glass wall in the zoo and then the rope went into this lion cage uh, area and a lion cub, not a full-grown lion, but a young cub, had the other end of the rope in its mouth. And it didn't look like it was doing very much. It was pretty calmly on all fours tugging. And here's three tall, strong, muscular wrestlers pulling with all their might against a lion cub and not succeeding. See, sometimes even when we think we're strong and we've got it made, we're, we're still weak. So we can't trust And depend on our own strength and skill. We do it in God's strength and in God's power. We've got to recognize where does our strength come from. We grow in God. We grow in his word. We grow in a time of prayer. We we grow as we worship in the house of God. There's a lot of ways we can get strong spiritually. Not just about the, the physical nature. Finally, oh, how can we be a, a hero even if we don't have the cape? We offer others an example to follow. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. Paul says, You know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. You want to be a, a, a real hero? Then make sure that our lives are one worth following. He says, make sure it's a life worthy of God who's called you into his kingdom. Are we living in such a way that family members would want to follow or imitate? That coworkers would want to follow or imitate? That those in the community would see and want to follow or imitate? It's not necessarily about the the strength or, or about the equipment that we might have as a superhero, but are we following after God in such a way others could see our life, our example, and it reflects Him? Our character, our spiritual discipline, the obedience, how we obey God's word, are all of those things worth following and imitating? You want to be a true hero? Not, not the superhero that's in the comics or in the movies. And not just about being a dad. So we come to the, the end here, you want to be a hero? Here's some biblical principles that we can put into practice. Make sure that we know the master and that we point and guide and lead others to him. Make sure that we are equipped in the right kind of armor, God's armor, the full armor of God. Make sure that we recognize our true power source. It's God, it's Him, it's His strength, it's His mighty power, not what we have. And finally, make sure that we're able to offer others that model and that example to follow. Paul writes, follow me as I follow the example of Christ. Those are some great biblical principles that as a father, as a mother, as a child, as a grandparent, we would do well to follow.